We're going to be in Romans 8, chapter 8, uh, in just a few moments. I asked you this morning when we first walked in, I said, uh, I asked you to think about something in your life that you would say is worth waiting for. You know, it seems like if we think about it, it seems like we spend a lot of our lives waiting for things, don't we? We, uh, we wait in the grocery store to check out. We wait for someone to email us or text us back. We sit and we wait for the bus or we sit and wait for the train. It seems like a, a great majority of our life is spent just waiting upon things to happen, waiting for someone, waiting to grow up or waiting to get the next job or, or waiting for something to happen. In fact, we spend quite a bit of our time just waiting for things. And whenever we're in a situation, whether it's small or whether it's big, where we have to think through uh, waiting for something, we always have a decision to make. And that decision is that we weigh what it is that we're waiting for against how much time and energy and effort it's going to take to get there. And then we ask ourselves, is it worth the wait? Is it worth the wait? It's something that we have to think about and consider. Anytime that we have a destination, somewhere to where we're going, or something that we want to see happen, or something that we want to obtain, and there's a gap that is going to take time to get there, we have to ask ourselves, is it worth the wait? Is it worth the wait to try and get from where I am now to where it is that I want to go? It's a question that we always ask ourselves. In fact, if you go to uh, an amusement park these days, they'll help you with that question, right? You have the ride that you want to go on, and then they'll post the time, and they'll tell you exactly how long it is that you have to wait for that ride, and you can determine. You can look at the time that it is that you're going to have to wait and what ride it is, and you can determine whether or not it's worth the wait. So if you go uh, to Tomorrowland at Disney World, and you have the Tomorrowland Speedway there, and you see the sign that says that it's 30 minutes to wait for the Tomorrowland Speedway, uh, you can decide whether or not it's worth the wait. I would tell you if it's February, it's worth the wait. And if it's August, in that case, it's not. But is it worth the wait? We have to weigh and decide. The truth is, the truth is, as our society changes and as things come faster and faster, we're getting worse at waiting for things, aren't we? I mean, we know this reality in our own life. We used to maybe anticipate things and we would wait for them, and now we want them instantly. So we, we want uh, the, the package overnight, or we want the movie to start right away on our computer. In fact, the Boston Globe a couple of years ago published an article where a researcher had, had looked at the behaviors of 6.7 million internet users. And what they wanted to find was how long will an internet user wait for a video to load? How long will an internet user wait for a video to load before they abandon the site completely? 6.7 million users, and they found out that people started to leave the site in under two seconds. If they saw that little spinning wheel or dots or whatever it was, they were out in under two seconds. By five seconds, over 10% of the users had left, and by 10 seconds, well over half of the 6.7 million users had left that website if their video hadn't loaded in 10 seconds. And we feel that reality in our own life. We want things to happen quickly, and if they don't happen quick enough for us, then we'll just either abandon them 
or we'll decide it's not worth the wait, or we'll try to find a, like some other shortcut to make things work for us. So maybe we'll pay a little extra money to be able to skip a line. Or maybe we will um, just drive past a, a mile-long line of people waiting for an exit, and right at the last minute, we'll squeeze in and try to get ahead of everybody. Maybe you're one of those people, and, and so you know who you are. And, and maybe, maybe that's what you'll do, to say, it's not worth the wait, it's not worth my time, I'll figure this out, and you'll just squeeze in ahead of everybody. But we always have to make this decision, don't we? We have to decide when there's a destination or something that we're looking for, something that we want, we have to decide whether or not it's worth the wait. And if we, say, have one thing to get in the grocery store, and we walk into that grocery store, and there's one cashier, and there's five or six people in line with full carts, we weigh the cost, right? We may say to ourselves, I can get milk tomorrow, or I can get milk at the gas station, and we walk right out. In every situation like that, the big ones and the little ones, we have to make this decision. Is it worth the wait, what it's going to cost me to wait for this thing to happen or to get this thing, or should I just abandon the process? And this morning, as we get into this section of the book of Romans, we've been talking through this book and discussing this book over the last couple of months, as we get into these verses in the book of Romans, this is exactly what Paul is talking about here. Paul's talking about something that's coming, something that's going to happen, that if we're followers of Jesus, we are waiting for. And Paul is asking us to consider whether or not it is worth the wait. We're going to start in verse 18 of chapter 8 in Romans. And if you have a Bible, I'd invite you to turn there. There's some Bibles in the seats in front of you. We'll also have the words up on the screen. But Romans chapter 8, verse 18. Here's what Paul says. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory and of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the spirits, groan inwardly as we eagerly wait the adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches our hearts... And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called, and those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. Paul, in these verses, he taps into something that happens inside of us. 
when we know there's a destination we want to get to, but we have difficulty getting there. And he uses a word that we probably don't often use in our daily life. It's not a word that I find myself using on a day-to-day basis, and, and you probably uh, don't either. But it's a word that really captures that emotion and that feeling that happens when we know that we're trying to get something or get somewhere and we're waiting for something, and getting there is not as easy as we thought it would be. A couple of months ago, I don't know, maybe a year ago, our family was going on a on a flight, and so we showed up at JetBlue, and we were in that sea terminal. If you've ever been in the sea terminal, you know that it can be complete chaos. And we walked in this day, and it was like uber chaos. Like normally we're ready for some chaos. For whatever reason this day, it was just crazy. And the lines for each of the airlines snaked around forever. And so when you get to your airline, you know they have the kiosk where you get your boarding pass, and then they have two lines. They have the bag drop line, right? And then they have the full service line. And we always get our boarding passes. You have them on your phone. You print them off at the little kiosk there. And then you uh, get into the bag drop line. And then you just drop off your bags. Well, that bag drop line this particular day was longer than I have ever seen it before. And it was snaking. It had wound its way outside of the ropes. And it was just flowing deep into the hallways of Logan Airport. And so we were going to go get in that line. And one of the Uh, you know, workers at the airline, one of the people with the uniform, the people you're supposed to be able to trust, said, no, 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 it's okay. Just go ahead and get in the full service line. Now, here's the way I I tend to look at those lines. The backdrop line is primarily for people who have their act together, right? You have your boarding pass. You're like, you're ready to go. The full service line is for when things are not together, right? Something's delayed. Something's an issue. And so you have to wait in that line. And the guy said to us, no, 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 we're running both lines. It's so busy. We're running both lines the same. You just get in the full service line. And so we trusted him because he was our friend and he had a uniform on. So we got in the full service line. And sure enough, we just stood there and watched as even though that other line was way longer, it just continued to flow and snake and people were smiling and dropping off their bags and showing their boarding passes. And we were standing in that full service line. And the longer we stood, the more you know, visible steam was coming out of our ears. And we had trusted this, this, uh, this person that worked for the airline. And we knew, even though we knew that this line was going to take longer, we had believed him and gotten in this line. And we were at the point where it was, we were enough into the line that we didn't want to abandon that line and go to the, to the backdrop line because then the backdrop line might be longer. And so you're just stuck in this place. And you're frustrated. You know what that feels like. You're just frustrated because you can't do anything about it. And you're trying to get to this destination, but the destination is filled with delays and difficulty. And Paul has a word for that. A word that he says that we don't often say. And the word starts with the letter G. Did anyone pick up the word that Paul used? What word does he use in those verses? Groaning. Yes, thank you. Groaning. That's a word we don't often use. But groaning, or a groan, Paul says. Here's the the formula for groaning. When you have a destination... And you add to that destination difficulty and delay. If you have a destination or you have an object in mind and you add to that object difficulty and delay, that's what Paul says, groaning is the result. And it's true. I can promise you, in that line, we were groaning as we waited for our destination. And when kids are in the car seat, remember being a kid and going on a long trip? 
and you knew that you had a destination, you were constantly saying to the people in the front seat, are we there yet? Are we there yet? How much longer? How much longer? How much longer? And you were groaning in that back seat. Groaning happens when we're trying to get somewhere, and we add difficulty and delay. And that's what Paul says. Paul says that we are all groaning because there's something out there that's a destination that we're all headed towards. And it's not happening as quickly as we would want it to. And there's difficulties along the way. And so the end result is that there's this groaning that happens in our hearts and in our minds. And Paul says in all of creation, there's a groaning that happens because we look around at the world around us and we know that things are not the way that they're supposed to be right now. There's something inside of us, whether we believe in God or we don't, whether we trust in Jesus Christ or we choose not to, there's something inside of all of us that speaks to the fact that things just aren't the way that they're supposed to be, that we're all waiting for something better to happen, that we're all waiting for a better destination, that we're waiting for a better thing to occur, but in the middle of it, there are difficulties and there are delays. Things are not happening as quickly as we would want them to. And the result is that there's this groaning in our hearts and in our lives. The result is that there's this feeling that we are unfulfilled, unsatisfied, and something needs to be done. And it's not difficult to look at our world and to see the injustices and to see the inequalities and to see uh, acts of violence And to see things take place and to watch families and the troubles they go through and to go into a a hospital and to, and to watch things uh, that, that occur and to be able to see those things. And there's something inside of us that speaks to the fact that this isn't the way that things are supposed to be, that there should be something better coming. Now, we may disagree on what it is that will bring that better thing, but all of us have that feeling. All of us have that groaning inside of our hearts and inside of our lives that there's something better out there that we need to be working towards. Paul reminds us that as Christians, as as followers of Jesus Christ, if that's who we are, then we know what the destination is that we are waiting for. If we follow Jesus Christ, we know what that destination is. In fact, Paul talks about it right there in verse 23. This is what he says. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. That idea of being adopted as sons, that's something we talked about last week. And I'd encourage you, if you, if you weren't here, if you missed that sermon, to go back uh, and take a listen. We talked about that idea. But the idea that Paul is talking about is that one day, we believe, as followers of Christ, that Jesus himself is going to come back and he is going to make everything right Again, that creation will be recreated, that everything will be redeemed, that everything will be restored, that there will be a moment and a time that we are with him for eternity in his presence, that all that sickness and all that pain and all that hurt will go away. We believe that there will be a time when all of that happens, that time when we are, the way that Paul puts it, adopted into God's family. And what Paul is saying to us is this adoption is something that has begun, but it has yet to be completed. The paperwork for the adoption has started, but not yet has the adoption been totally completed. 
And it will not be completed until the day that we meet Jesus Christ face to face, the day that he returns and sets everything right. So here's the challenge, Paul says. We know the destination to where we're trying to go. But we're still waiting for it to occur. And often knowing the destination makes the wait all the harder. Knowing that there's this time where everything's going to be set right and everything's going to be fixed and creation will be redeemed and restored and and all of these challenges that we face will go away. Knowing that that is coming can make the wait all the harder. And the reason that wait is hard is because there's delays. Sometimes we feel like God should move faster than he does. We're facing things of struggle and of pain. You're facing a sickness and you're wondering why God hasn't healed you yet. You're facing a situation with your child and you're wondering why God hasn't delivered them yet. And there are these delays where God doesn't seem to move and seem to work as fast as we would want him to. And that makes the waiting difficult, doesn't it? And the other thing that Paul says is that there's difficulties that we encounter. He calls them our present sufferings in that first verse, in verse 18. So Paul says, here's the thing. We know the destination, but it's a challenge. We feel this groaning because not only is the destination delayed, but there's difficulties along the way. In fact, for many of us, the waiting can be more difficult if we choose to follow Christ while we wait than if we don't. Choosing to follow Christ can cost us more and make things more difficult in the wait than if we choose to abandon the wait. And so the question that's before all of us, Paul says, is knowing that this time is coming where Christ will return and we will be one with him and we will be in his family. And that process has started, but it's not completed yet. And knowing that there will be a day that everything is redeemed and everything that is restored, Paul is asking us this morning... When you look at this in your own life, is it worth the wait? Is it worth the wait for you? Is it worth the wait to continue to pursue Christ and continue to pursue God? Is it worth the wait to continue to go after him and continue to follow him, even though it's taking lo- things are taking longer than you thought that they would, and even though things are difficult, is it worth the wait to continue to be faithful and wait for this day where God is going to make all things new? Is it worth it? And we have this choice in front of us, whether, whether we're going to choose to wait it out and continue to follow Jesus Christ and continue to trust him and continue to follow him, or whether or not we're going to look at the situation and look at the destination and look at the delay and difficulties in the middle and, and just like we would in other situations, turn around and say, you know what, it's not worth the wait. It's not worth it. It's not worth waiting. And so rather than than when that groaning is inside of us, waiting for the day that that is taken care of and fulfilled in Christ, we decide that we're going to go and try to fulfill that in a different way. 
That we're going to find our own way in our own direction to satisfy that groaning and satisfy that longing. And we'll find a way in this world around us, whether that's we're going to pour ourselves into, into making more money or whether we're going to pour ourselves into just living the life that we want to live or pour ourselves into our own sense of solution to try and satisfy that groaning. Or whether we're going to say, you know what, no matter what the cost, it is worth the wait. In 1968, uh, some researchers did a fairly uh, famous study out of Stanford University. And the study that they did was they took children and they put them in a room. Maybe you've heard of this study before. They put children in a room and they put them uh, at a table by themselves and they had a camera on the children. And they took a single marshmallow and they put it on a plate. And they said to the children, the researcher said to the children, I'm going to leave for 15 minutes. If you don't eat the marshmallow, when I come back, I'll give you a better prize. And sometimes it was two marshmallows, sometimes it was candy. It differed what the better prize was. But they said to the kids, if you don't touch that marshmallow, when I come back, I'll give you something better. And sure enough, some of the kids waited, and they got their better prize. And some of the kids, uh, they, they grabbed that marshmallow, and they stuffed it in their mouth, and they, just, they were satisfied with what they had right in front of them. And I don't know which one you would have been. I probably would have failed miserably in that test. But here's what they found out. Here's what they found out. They followed these kids for a number of years after the fact. And they discovered that the children that were able to delay gratification when they were young were far more successful on a number of different measures than the children that were more impulsive and demanded instant gratification. And I wonder if in our lives, when we say to God, you know what, it's not worth doing all the difficult things that you're asking me to do. It's not worth living this way when every one of my friends and every one of my neighbors and every one of my family members thinks that I'm extreme and I'm out there and I've lost my mind. It's not worth doing all these things. So I'm going to abandon the weight and I'm going to come to my own solution that we might come up with what seem like good solutions to us that seem like they taste good and seem like they're fulfilling, but in reality, we're giving up something far better because we wouldn't wait. And the question for us as followers of Jesus Christ is, if we're going to wait for God to come back and to set everything the way that it's supposed to be, what in the world then are we supposed to do in the meantime? What are we supposed to do in the gap? Some MIT researchers were called into the airport at Houston a few years ago because people were complaining about the excessive wait times for their baggage at the Houston airport. And apparently they were getting off the plane and they were walking to the carousel and they were waiting an average of 10 minutes, they said. And it was just unacceptable. And so the MIT researchers came in and they said, here's what you need to do. You need to hire this many more baggage handlers. You need to put in this sort of equipment to get the weight down to the industry standard, which is eight minutes. And so they did everything that they said to do, and they got the weight down to eight minutes. And people still were getting off the plane, going to the baggage carousel, and they were getting these huge lists of complaints. The bags were taking too long, and they knew they had reduced the wait time to two minutes. I mean, by two minutes to eight minutes. And they couldn't figure it out 
until one of the researchers calculated that it only took 60 seconds to walk from the plane to the carousel. And you know, so you know what they did that immediately solved the problem? They put all the arrival gates in the Houston airport as far away from the baggage claim as possible. The problem wasn't the wait time. The problem was people had nothing to do in the interim. So as long as they had a five or six minute walk, they had no problem once they got to the carousel waiting 90 seconds or two minutes for their baggage. And part of our problem when it comes to waiting for God is, is, is that we need to keep ourselves busy with the things of God while we're waiting. We can't just sit back and wonder why God isn't moving. We need to keep ourselves busy with what God has called us to do in the interim. And Paul very specifically tells us a couple of things that we are to do in this passage. I certainly think that there's more things than just what he mentions here that we could be doing. But here's what Paul says that we should be up to. He said, the first thing that you need to do is to fill your life with the hope that comes from the knowledge that God is coming, that Christ is coming, and that he is going to restore and redeem. Fill your hearts with that hope and keep that in your mind. Paul says, who hopes for what he can see? That's not hope. That's just putting your trust in things you can see. Paul says, when you hope for something, you hope for something that you do not see. And he says, if you want, what are you supposed to do in the meantime? Put your hope in Christ. The second thing he tells us to do in these verses is he tells us to pray. He tells us to pray. And now you might say back to Paul, Paul, listen, I look at this world and I look at my life and I don't even know what to pray for. Paul says, that's no problem. Because here's what happens. The spirit of God that lives in you is actively praying on your behalf. And so if you will go and spend time in presence, time and in, in the presence of God, you can say to God, God, I don't even know what to pray right now, but I know and I trust because your word says that it's true, that the Holy Spirit is working and praying on my behalf. We don't always have to have the words to say. It's not about us having the right words to say. It's about us being willing to go and to spend presence, time in the presence of God. When it comes to prayer, we put far much too emphasis on our words. This is about getting into God's presence and creating space and time for God to move and act by his spirit. Not for us to come up with the clever words so that God's impressed. And Paul says that we should hope and that we should pray and know that the spirit's moving and acting on our behalf. And the third thing that he says is that we need to trust. That we need to trust. He says in that very first verse, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed in us. Paul says no matter what it is that you're facing today, and I know that there's folks in the room that are facing some pretty serious things. The glory that God is, about to is going to reveal when we are in his presence and when he sets everything right. So far outweighs the present sufferings that we're walking through that Paul says you can face them faithfully. You can face them with integrity. You can face them each and every day with strength because what God has offered us and what God is going to do one day far outweighs anything that you're facing today. And so we put our trust in that. That that is true and that is reality. 
And maybe you're here this morning and you would say, listen, I don't follow Jesus and I'm not sure exactly what all uh, you're even talking about. I, I would just say to you, if you ever are curious why Christians live the way do, they do, we live this way because we really believe that this is true. We believe that God is the ultimate solution to the groaning that happens in our world. We believe that, that through Jesus Christ will come the ultimate answers to all of these things that plague our society and that are plaguing our world, the things that are so visible to us right now. And that one day God is going to come and that he is going to set everything right. And some of you might be in this room today and you are just about to abandon the waiting. You are at a point where you're saying, listen, I've been waiting on God for a long time. And I came to this whole faith thing because I was told that God would do certain things. And he hasn't done any of those things that I thought he was going to do. And I'm sick and tired of waiting. I hope this morning that you will be encouraged that it is worth the wait. That no matter what difficulties you're facing and no matter what delays are going on in your life, that it will be worth the wait in the end. Be strong, have hope, pray, trust in God because it will be worth it and don't abandon the wait. I read a story this week of a young boy who walked into a local store with his mom. And the store owner had a a jar of lollipops And he took off the lid off this big glass jar and he held it down to the kid and he said, here, take a handful. And the kid looked back up at the store owner and just shook his head no. And he said, come on, take a handful. And his mom said, take take some lollipops, take a handful of lollipops. And the kid just shook his head no. It wouldn't touch the candy. And finally the store owner kind of smiled and kind of rolled his eyes and he took his big hand and he reached down into the, into the jar and he pulled out a handful of lollipops and the boy put out his two little hands and he dropped all the lollipops in the kid's hand and as they were walking out of the store, the mom turned to the boy and said, why wouldn't you put your hand in there and take some candy? And the boy looked at his mom and said, because his hands were way bigger. And when we, when we abandon the weight, okay, when we abandon the weight, we can reach right in and we can take our own solution. We can say, God, I, I hear what your solution is, but I look at this world and it's too difficult and it's taking too long, so I'm just going to do what I want to do with my life. I'm just going to come to some solutions that I think will work for me. It might look good and it might taste good and it might feel like a handful of candy that we've come across something great, but we don't realize what we've abandoned by giving up the weight. That there is something far greater that God has in store for us. A far greater sense of redemption. A far greater sense of resolution. A far greater sense of satisfaction and purpose and meaning that can only come if we're willing to wait until God takes his hand and dips it in and hands to us what he has for us. When we reach in and take it ourselves and come up with our own solution, it will always be less than what God has in store. And so that is why Paul says to us, listen, it is worth the wait. No matter what you're walking through, no matter what you're suffering through, no matter how difficult it is, it's worth the wait. So be encouraged, those of you this morning who are waiting on God. And it hasn't happened yet. And I know it's frustrating. Whatever that is, Be encouraged that I promise you it will be worth the wait. And for those of us this morning who are considering abandoning the fight and going our own direction, wait on God. It will be worth the wait.
And for those of us this morning who have never done that before, maybe this is the day that you would say, okay, I'm, try- I'm tired of trying to figure this out on my own. I'm going to put my trust in God through Jesus. And I'm going to wait on him. I'm going to invite our worship team to come back up this morning as we close. And I'd invite you just to close your eyes and bow your heads and think with me for a moment. In just a couple of minutes, uh, we're going to sing and my wife and I are going to be up here on one side of the stage and, and Justin and Alain are going to be on the other side. I always think it's important when we gather together on a Sunday morning to make sure that we take time to allow God to move into our hearts, in our hearts, to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us. And maybe you're here this morning and you're facing something in your life or someone close to you is facing something in their life. And just like Paul described it in these verses, it is indeed a present struggle, a present suffering. There is a sickness that you're facing. There is an addiction that someone close to you or you is trying to walk through. There's a job situation. There's a financial situation. There's just a longing in your heart. There's a loneliness. That you're wondering when God is going to take care of. And I would encourage you in these next few moments as we sing to take those things to the Lord. To take those things to Him. To have your heart filled with hope again this morning. To be able to renew your trust in Him again today. And we're up here at the end of the service each week because we want to pray with you. To encourage one another as the family of God as we try to live faithful lives for Him. So if you're in that place this morning, no matter how big it may seem or no matter how small it may seem to you, we want to pray with you. And if you want to come forward this morning and spend some time at these, at these altars just between you and God, you're welcome to do that as well. But please, as God moves and God speaks to your heart, come. And let's pray together that we would have the courage and that we would have the strength and that we would have the wisdom to wait on God and wait on the redemption that's coming. Lord, we give you this time. God, we pray that you would move among us. We invite your Holy Spirit into this place. In Jesus' name. Let's stand and let's close in some songs together.